The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Regan Kelly, and I am joined this week by my very cool co-host... Laura Nash. And this week we are talking about bug snacks. Kind of bug and kind of snacks, <laughs> as the theme song goes. And I will tell you, if you are coming into this game because you heard the extremely catchy theme song somewhere, it's not going to play till the credits. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised by that because okay, so this is the the uh, newest game, really only the second game uh, from the developer Young Horses, which we've covered once before because back probably like the first like month or two of the show, years and years ago now, we covered Octodad Dadliest Catch, uh, which was still kind of new at the time. It came out in 2014, uh, and. Uh, this is the second game from that developer. But if you haven't played Octodad's Dad, Octodad Dadliest Catch, you may not be familiar. Or, I mean, hey, you know, if, if you don't remember way back to 2014, you may not be uh, familiar with Young Horses. Uh, but they're a pretty neat little developer. And I was really excited to play a new game from them. And this one was, I had a ton of fun with this. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, this is going to be a wild show. On the tin, Bug Snacks is a game about catching uh, bugs that are also food uh, and then feeding them to various child members and then their body parts turn into that food. Yes, we are that is whatever the premise we eat. of the game. <laughs> yep. Uh, very, very, very strange premise, uh, which is conveyed pretty well in if you like watch a trailer or something. Uh, but the you might look at that and say, wow, that's weird. I have a lot of unanswered questions about this. Oh, dear listener, the game uh, initially initially doesn't like to get into those qu- those questions, but then it very much does. That's one of the things I liked very much about this game is like it's a uh, it's full of just strangeness that initially seems like it's going to go totally unaddressed. But no, it it's it's addressed. And so that's that's uh, some of that is going to have to go past the spoiler break. There's a lot of fun stuff we can talk about in terms of game mechanics and early game story, but there's also, I think, going to be a lot for us to talk about past the spoiler break if you want to stick around for that. Um, before we get into talking too much about like how bug snacks work, just to recap a little bit, if you didn't play Octodad Dadliest Catch, um, I think there's something sort of interesting about how Young Horses, the developer, uh, came together and then transitioned from Octodad to this. So Octodad was a game that uh, there were a bunch of students who got together at DePaul University to create a video game as part of some sort of, you know, game design program there. Um, And uh, it got a little bit of notoriety and uh, they took it to GDC and it got more notoriety there. And they ended up uh, forming most of the, the team that built the game at university ended up forming this developer and kind of going into business together. So after they, you know, formed their uh, their company, they developed their student game into a more full-fledged game that came out in 2014 for computers. Um, and then a little later that year, it came out for PlayStation 4, and then the next year for PlayStation Vita. 
And then the next year after that for Xbox One and Wii U. And then uh, later on down the road, it came out for iOS, et cetera, et cetera. In 2017, it came out for Nintendo Switch. Basically, it's a game that's been ported to everything. And apparently... Uh, it's been a big success on all of those platforms. And because it's been sort of a consistent thing, they've been con- able to continue to port to new platforms every couple of years and get a little new income stream. Um, for a small developer like this, they've been able to spend a really long time, uh, relatively speaking, uh, sort of getting their next game figured out and and ready and fully baked before moving on to, on to the next thing. So, you know, 2014 to now that's a long time between games even for you know a uh even for like a triple a or something that would be a long time but for indies who tend to have to sort of like move at a little faster pace that's a really really long time uh but they've apparently been able to to do that because of the pretty big success that octodad was yeah and i think that you can see the amount of time and thought in this game so this game is 10 to 12 hours. It's a little on the long side for the short game. But something that is very apparent is there are a ton of ideas in this game. I think they took all of those six years of ideas. um, Six? Yes, that's how math works. And really applied them. I'm trying not to spoil the plot, but basically the idea of this game is you're a journalist who finds out that uh, Lizbert... Uh, this adventurer has got a gang of folks to come to Snacktooth Island with her. And you are going to find out what bug snacks are, what this whole thing is she's been doing. And of course, your boss is like, don't do it, don't do it. And you're like, I'm going to do it. And you run out, get on a hot air balloon, crash land on Snacktooth Island. And you find out when you get there that Lisbert is gone, that Everybody in the town has gone their separate ways. She disappeared. There was an earthquake. No one knows what happened. And your job is basically to talk to the inhabitants, get them to come back, solve their problems, which vary wildly. And <laughs> while you're at it, catch a bunch of bug snacks. Um, those little, it's a little bit like Pokemon. If then you fed the Pokemon to people who turn their limbs into strawberries (laughs) it's super super strange Uh, a few things about this i think really really work in terms of just like you know we'll get into the story which is a surprisingly large part of this game uh the characters are really more fleshed out than you would expect in a game about trapping uh you know uh melon balls but this is uh in terms of just how this game plays You've got a, it, it's got a pretty traditional structure in terms of like you've got a journal with like missions and there's sort of like quest trees. Each of the characters that it was originally part of the uh, of the expedition, the the sort of uh, exploring party that came to this island, uh, they uh, that and has ended up sort of scattered across the island. Each of them has their own little quest line. Um, and most of the time, they are asking you to catch bug snacks and feed it to them in various configurations. Uh, either they, you know, they need it because they're hungry, or they're trying some sort of science experiment, or they are they're wanting to look a particular way and want to, you know, add to their their look by they changing want to into change a bug their snack. Life by eating something. Yeah, um, and so they uh, the actual gameplay though is mostly around the catching of the bug snacks and. It's really varied. 
Uh, Laura mentioned that it's sort of like uh, like Pokemon, and yes, in that you're catching animals that have their own sort of unique uh, look and actually do the whole like uh, saying their name as their call kind of thing, which is clearly like a Pokemon-inspired thing, but really is funny and cute here. Um, but uh, the actual catching is more puzzle gamey. So yes. every bug snack has particular behavior, and it's mostly about photographing and observing the bug snacks to get a sense of what their behavior is and then figuring out how to catch them and it, it sort of escalates in complexity so like you start with very simple things like the the sort of um i guess like pikachu of this game is the strabi which is the like one Strabby. of the most strabi they're very cute it's a little strawberry turned upside down crawling around with its leaves as its legs with giant googly eyes they all have giant googly eyes um and uh, the strabi uh, is really easy to catch because basically if it sees you, it'll run away, but it walks around in a preset pattern and it, it waits, you know, and it will it will walk around until you try to catch it. You have a variety of different trap items that you collect throughout the game, but you, you start with a very basic one, which is just sort of like a net that uh, you can remotely trigger. So you set it down, wait for the strabby to walk through its path and trigger the net and it catches the strabby. Very, very simple. But this slowly escalates in difficulty. So like, Eventually, you're catching more and more complex bug snacks with more and more complex uh, um, behavior, and you have to exploit their likes, dislikes, and other behaviors in order to put them in a situation where you can trap them. Um, do you have any examples? Sure. So uh, an example of how something can escalate is they often have different uh, breeds of bug snacks that are the same color or same type. Um, and for example, uh, early in the game, you're in this garden and you get a bunger, which is basically a burger <laughs> that's like a stink bug and it's got these fry tusks and it will launch you into the air as it goes bunger, 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 bunger. And I love the voices in this so much. <laughs> so the bunger you can um, catch in a couple ways. You It likes ketchup, so you shoot ketchup and then it will follow the ketchup and you can use this to run it into other bugs and then it knocks on its back and you can pick it up then later on in the game you get the barbecue bunger the more aggressive version and you have to be more wily you have to shoot the ranch dressing in a special spot and then use a trip wire to knock it over and you can see that these combinations scale like i had a really nice moment at one point you have a wheel where all your tools are on this wheel and once i had it filled out i had maybe caught half like 40 percent to half of the bug snacks and i had my wheel complete so then i knew it was all just going to be puzzle solving i had the full toolkit nothing else was going to change i had the tutorial done but it's really interesting how complex it gets you have to use the environment you have to use um other you know bug snacks around it there's a lot of interesting puzzle mechanics to catch the bug snacks which mm -hmm. is probably why i finished all the side quests in this game a thing i never do yeah i really i think my favorite part of that is the uh is the using the interactions between the bug snacks to to catch them so like a, a, a quick example of that is that there's a lot of bug snacks in this that are literally on fire. So like spicy taco based bug snacks and things like that will be on fire and you can't touch them with your hands. And if you try to trap them in various traps, it will light the trap on fire and it decomposes or whatever. So um, you uh, you have to usually either put them out in water or freeze them uh, in order to trap them. Uh, and so you might have an area where there's like 
maybe there's water around, you can try and flip them into the water, but that might not always be possible. There might be other other ways to put them out using the behaviors of other nearby bug snacks. Or, you know, maybe you want to get a an ice bug snack to attack the fiery bug snack to freeze it and extinguish it, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I really enjoyed every time it sort of clicked to be able to figure out to do one of those. Uh, and the more bug snacks that were involved in these, the more sort of chaos there was, which was really entertaining, like to see these things sort of attacking each other, flipping each other over, that sort of thing. Oh, and the animations when you freeze or catch on fire are funny every time. <laughs> There's a beach location that's towards the end of the game where there is both lava and ice. And the amount of times that I would be caught on fire and then get headbutted by a popsicle. And I just went from being on fire to being frozen to being on fire. And it was very funny every time. Um I will say that all of this is delightful and very silly and very family-friendly. And then there are some serious mental health issues on this island that we need to discuss. Yeah, yeah. We should talk about the uh, the characters a little bit to kind of get into that. Um, I guess, actually, before we do that, I, the, the thing that stuck out to me first as far as, like, this game being, like, cutesy but with sort of a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a slight layer of darkness underneath is just sort of the the question of like, why are these characters so happy about their body parts turning into snack foods? Oh yeah, yeah. So like the the very first thing that you do in this game, you you know, you crash land on the island, and the first character you meet is Philbo. Philbo is a blue grumpus. By the way, these creatures, these non-human main characters this this world seems to be populated primarily by grumpuses who are these sort of like um vaguely tube shaped muppet like people uh they're weird looking dudes they're like it's like a taller super meat boy shape yeti thing but then covered in muppet fur and they're all of puppets. So my favorite thing about the Grumpuses is, is that when they talk, the top of their head lifts up rather than their jaw dropping down. Yes, yes. Oh my god. They're 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 very much like they're like a, a Muppet that somebody made at like four forty five on a Friday afternoon in the Muppet workshop, right? They're like the the laziest Muppet you've ever seen. And the other thing that's kind of disconcerting about them is like with Muppet type characters you usually don't see them from the waist down because you know hands are in there uh, but these guys have legs and exposed uh, crotch areas that are completely Kendall and of course I mean it would be really gross if they had genitals that's let's not even think about that why did I go no, anyway. I, I, I was shocked I did not think about that being the weird thing to me the weird thing is the fact that well they're not wearing is... pants is the thing but they're also happily, you are going around body modifying all of these beasts. And then the rest of the game, they're just going to have chip feet. Yeah, yeah. So I got into this by, by talking about Philbo and our first interaction with Philbo. Philbo has gone out looking for Elizabeth, uh, but uh, he, he hasn't found her and he's gotten hungry during his, his hunt for her. And he's kind of collapsed out of hunger. You later find out that he ate an azalea and threw up. <laughs> Yeah, poor guy. He's bush. just such a such a weirdo. Um, but he's he's there like collapsed and you have to feed him. And so your first task in the game is to catch a strabby and feed it to him. And when you do that, 
uh, his, I think it's one of his legs, I forget, uh, mm-hmm. turns into a strabby, or not into a strabby, but just into a strawberry, right? Three strawberries stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Becomes the bottom half of his leg. Yeah. And so that's a that's a common, that's a thing that happens when you feed uh, you know, bug snacks to the grumpuses. Uh, there's a there's a sort of an unanswered question of like it seems like none of them have this like snaffic snackification to their limbs or not many of them have like snackified limbs before whereas like it's said oh, that they, they all oh yeah okay so this is something that 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 uh that it I felt like it didn't answer this this burning question for me until fairly late in the game uh is that like all of these all of these characters uh you know you feed them these these foods and their limbs and other body parts like noses and hair turn into these snacks uh, in ways that are, you know, kind of cute, but also kind of body horror and disgusting. And my thought was like, is this permanent? Oh my God, what happens when the strawberries go bad? Like, this is going to be really a bad <laughs> scene. Like, ugh. And- what happens when the food rot? To me, it was more like, can you still perform the tame tasks when your hand is a chocolate bar? Right. Like how are you getting anything done? They have no um, problem, by the way. Uh, no the problems whatsoever. Game, whatever you do to these people, these grumpuses, they will continue to have those modifications every time you see them. Yeah. It's, it's so remarkably consistent. It, it does. I don't. I hope this isn't a spoiler. It does, like Laura mentioned earlier, uh, eventually say that this snackification wears off, but like. There's no indication of that during the game until very near the end. And I was left through this entire game sort of having this, like, horrifying feeling of, like, ugh, like, these people are going to be stuck like this. Like, ugh. Yeah, and the only reason I I figured out they had worn off is because everyone was like, we're hungry. She's been gone a long time, and Lisbert feeds us. And so I was like, oh, okay. So that's been just a really long time since they've had a bug snack. Mm, yeah, they just and can't catch them themselves, here. I guess. Yeah. A journalist who definitely is going to get everybody their fix. Yeah, thank goodness. So yeah, the, let's talk about the characters. Because like, you know, Philbo, the first one that you meet, he's like a lovable goof type character, and he's wearing a like a dingy like mayor sash because he so badly wants to be everyone's friend and be the mayor of Snacksburg. And so I was, this was my first hint that there was going to be some uh, tonal shifts in this game is that Philbo in 99% of games, especially ones that look this cute and colorful, Philbo would be like, I've got a little doubt, self doubt, but you're here. So it's okay. And this Philbo is like, Oh, I'm a total loser and everyone hates me. But you're here, so I guess they'll like you instead. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the distinction between those two things is subtle. Well, that is the first sign that you're on a ride. And I will say that, especially kids who can't read, this 90% of this game will be like totally fine to play mm-hmm. with kids, in front of kids. Yeah, but and there are going we can to talk about like, that too because I played this with my kid and she loved it. But yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. But there are going to be like, realistic fights between people that are serious. I'm not saying violence. It's not like two people are going to, or two grumpuses are going to shove each other. There's no like ax murdering in this game, but they will have really real issues about like, you're away. And that's why we might be getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Small example of that. Like there's several points throughout this game where, you know, you, uh, the overall arc of this game is you're getting the gang back together. This this adventuring party that came to this island was a bunch of colorful, cartoony characters that all sort of have their own thing. Um, but they were all brought together by Elizabeth, the sort of, 
I kind of thought of her as like a Steve Irwin type of character. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good idea. Um, but she's this like very charismatic person who got them all together to go to, to Snacktooth Island. And as soon as she's gone, they devolve into, uh, you know, into fighting. And it's clear there was like there was a huge fight that you hear a lot about. In fact, a lot of a lot of you, you, know, you interview all the characters and a lot of that is sort of like reconstructing. Like, why did they all fight and end up like literally leaving town to go live in the wilderness rather than be around each other? So all these characters came together and and they had this massive, massive fight. And a big part of the game is getting them all back together in town. And as you do that, uh, every few times you bring a new character back to town, uh, Philbo will suggest having a party because he just really desperately wants everybody to get along and he wants everybody to have a party together, guys. He, he just loves really, parties. He just loves parties. And um, uh, they, at least toward until the end of the game, all of those parties end up devolving into sort of backbiting name calling just just bringing up old wounds so like for example like i I forget even which character this was but like uh i just remember being really surprised seeing these like colorful muppet like characters one of them saying this is why your wife left you and i'm like oh my god (laughs) that's that's the line that got me and was like oh 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 we're we are playing we're playing serious. Like everybody looks like Muppets and all the little bugs are cute, but like people have some real uh, issues and people could use a counselor, but not only is their like leader gone, but their doctor is gone and she has clinical depression. So, <laughs> you know, so this is something that I think bad. that, uh, that young horses, I mean, you know, we're working off of a sample size of two, but like, this is something I think young horses really brings to their games is that they have these, bizarre over-the-top characters who are like living in in you know this totally surreal world like i look back at um at octodad and you know the the premise of that game if you haven't played it is that uh there is this very sort of cute cartoon family mom dad two kids um but the dad is secretly an octopus and secretly in that like no one notices that he is an octopus he's obviously an octopus in a business Mm -hmm. suit right but it keeps it together right but what I thought was really uh, one of the things that I really loved about that game was that, like, you know, it, it, yes, it's this sort of like uh, uh, quap like, uh, you know, uh, anti platformer where you're just sort of flopping all over the place, fighting with the controls in very funny ways. But it has a story, and mostly its story is about a family like learning to to trust each other and love each other and. And there's this like real emotional heart to that game. The characters have, they are these incredibly broad cartoons that have that just a little bit enough of like actual heart to them to make you care about them. Um, I, I kind of think of this as sort of like the sort of modern Cartoon Network-y kind of storytelling where like uh, a lot of modern children's programming is, you know, trying to have that little bit of darkness and that little bit of heart uh, that will kind of elevate it over just being a thing for for babies, right? And, you know, I think about things like Over the Garden Wall or Steven Universe as these things that have, there's more going on there than, you know, meets the eye initially. And mostly what's below the surface is heart and a willingness to, like, let the characters be in pain uh, a little bit um, and have more depth to them than yeah. you might think from a cartoon. And this has that, This yes. the, the game, these games. 
And I respect that this game also says these are serious problems and most of them are interpersonal problems or some of them are self, just, you know, self problems, own personal problems, intrapersonal, not mm-hmm. sure the exact word, but a, a lot of the problems are things that people can only deal with by time or recognizing the problem within themselves or realizing that it's not actually a problem and they need to get over it. And the game doesn't shy away from that or the people saying like, you know, or trying to solve things that seem very purposeless. Um, I'm not articulating it very well, but it's a very distinct change from a lot of video games where it's like, I have this problem and it will be solved if I fall in love player make me fall in love you are doing tasks and you are pretty sure they're not going to make the person any better but you're gonna do the task and try to hope it will make them realize they need to change in the future yeah if anything all you're really doing is like bringing these people who've had a really big fight back into the same room so they can try and hash it out you know um and and that's really that's really what the the overall kind of arc of the game is until you get to the ending which we'll talk about which is a bit of a swerve as you may have heard um yeah and I will say it's a big change because you can kind of choose your own adventure. You can run around accomplishing all the side quests, which are really lighthearted puzzles with the bug snacks. And then if you want, you know, when you come and finish the quest, you get a little bit of the story drop. Um, Maybe a, a positive outcome, maybe a negative one. You don't know until you go back. So let's talk about some of the characters because I really, really enjoyed most of them. And um, I, I, I want to call out my favorite character in this game. Bethica Wigglesnoot. Oh, of course she's your favorite. I loved her. She's ridiculous. She's she's this uh she's this like um I don't know, sort of like how would you describe her 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 voice? Sort of like a California so girl. Bethica kind of. is a millennial influencer. Yes. And she is she's a writer for GMZ, Grumpus Media something. I don't know what TMZ stands for. Um but Bethica calls you bestie. And she's extremely mean, and she really likes gossip. Yes, loved her, and she was she was very funny. Um, but all of the characters are pretty great. What was your favorite? Oh, I love Chanlo. Oh, Chanlo! Love nothing more than a himbo, and Chanlo <laughs> is the gentlest lift bro. Who all he loves is he loves his conspiracy theorist bro Snorpy, and he loves lifting and he loves being swole. And Chandlo has the purest heart. I just loved Chandlo so much. I also loved Chandlo, and I loved his relationship with Snorpy. I thought Snorpy was a really odd character. Snorpy is this like it, it's it's maybe this is just. 2020 2021 talking but it's really weird to see such a compassionate portrayal of a paranoid uh conspiracy conspiracy theorist theorist. you know conspiracy theories are uh kind of a red flag for me frankly even if they're cutesy silly ones uh i'll say that that yes yeah that one yeah didn't didn't really land for me so much but like his relationship with chandlo at least i wanted i i was pulling for chandlo I was pulling for their relationship. I just, I am, it seems like Snorpy is much more of the off the grid type of conspiracy theorist. So I was pretty sure he's not at QAnon. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all that mattered. Whatever the uh, grump also, equivalent of QAnon would be. My God. I did not uh, really enjoy Shelda, the wellness guru. No, didn't love her. Um, she was a little annoying. 
but I did love Triffany the paleontologist. Oh my god, I loved Triffany and and her husband Wambus. Uh, so Wambus Troubleham is a uh, sort of slow talking farmer who just wants to till the earth, and his wife. Triffany Laudablog, which I love all of the names in this, but Laudablog might be my favorite. And not that she's a blogger. I don't know why her name is Laudablog. But anyway, uh, she's an archaeologist who's you know trying to uncover the history of Snacktooth Island and the bug snacks. Uh, and their relationship is on the rocks when you arrive and seeing them come back together is cute. They're both a little bit of a workaholic, and you need to show them that, like, doesn't matter as long as we still are together at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. very nice. The other uh, character that you don't really get to meet throughout most of the game, except through, like, video diaries, um, but I still really liked a lot, or both of them, was Elizabeth Megafig, the person who organized the uh, the expedition, and her partner, uh, Egabel Batternut, or Batternugget. And batter nugget, yes. yes. How could you possibly mispronounce Eggabel batter nugget? I I loved them both. They're uh, they're very sweet with each other, and you see their relationship mostly through these sort of video uh, diaries that you find throughout most of the game. Uh, and uh, you know, Elizabeth is this sort of rough and tumble adventurer type who brought everybody together to to check out this island. Um, but she sort of feels responsible for everyone. She's trying to hold everyone together. And Egabel is this sort of uh, meek doctor character who who seems like she doesn't feel like she measures up to her uh, her you know much more daring and interesting uh, partner uh, Elizabeth. And seeing their relationship and how Egabel changes throughout the game, she has more of an arc than anybody. Uh, is kind of my favorite character part of the game. I will reserve my theory of what I thought was happening till after the spoiler break, because I I believe that theories that you say are not true are spoilers in a way. Um, But I will say that the hinting and foreshadowing in this game that something is, you know, you have a lot of hints about individuals, you have a lot of hints about the story arc, but the, the game does telegraph that like something bigger is happening Mm-hmm. on this island and Egabel and Lisbert's story is the main scoop you're trying to get and yeah. I will say that it's both a character scoop a character arc and a like big mystery they they pair that really well often games only have plot and or have characters and this one has both paired in their main quest line mm-hmm. yeah and actually just speaking about a small detail of that uh, you know, when you open your journal that has the quest log in it, um, you you know, from the beginning of the game, you have a quest that's like find Elizabeth and interview her. Right. Um, and that's why you came to Snacktooth Island is to interview her about this expedition and about bug snacks. And um, that is sort of like the this is a small thing. But like when you have these games that are driven by these like multiple quest lines, I always really appreciate it when they have like the top of the list, big quest that is the game right like this is what you're trying to do as a whole for the entire game and for this one it's like get everybody back together and find elizabeth and it's like okay you've done six out of 12 of those in order to make progress on that it's like it it does give you a sense of like okay how much progress have i made across the entirety of this game's story and you always kind of have a feeling for like what to do next because this game has a pretty good quest log and pretty good tracker yeah and you can pin anything uh, to the 
kind of heads up display, which mm-hmm. I also found it, there's a lot of nice little quality of life bits. The quest log was a very big part of that. Yeah. And um, the, the snackopedia say- that gives you like a record oh, yeah. of every uh, every bug snack you've ever photographed and uh, and gives you information about them that you might need to know, like what sauces they like and what other bug snacks they either like or dislike uh, and some details about their behavior, like if they're aggressive, for example. Um, so it, lots of useful information that gets automatically cataloged for you and, and helps make the game really feel sort of breezy, even though there's kind of a lot to do. Uh, before we get into spoiler territory, I think that this game shines in the little details. Like there were mm. so many little moments where I, you know, you look around and something is funny or like a bug behaves in a certain way. I'm curious if you had any that stood out to you. One uh, is kind of a meta one. Uh, you, you're at a failed party and Philbo is like, well, come on, don't you want to try a bug snack? Like everyone loves them. Like, come on, aren't you curious? And you try it and you immediately have to go lay down because you're allergic. Like the fact that the game makes you allergic to bug snacks is one of the funniest things in it. It's about an hour or two in. I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's just a charming decision. I think most of my favorite moments in the game, apart from just like good character beats, uh, were like the really incredibly varied and almost always surprising bug snack designs they kept coming up with. And uh, the one that like literally made me laugh out loud was that there is a there's an area in the game where there's a there's a, a bush that's just sort of shaking and nothing happens. Usually if you wait and watch a bug snack will come out of the bushes if it's shaking. But in this case, it wasn't. And so I pulled out my camera and out of the bush comes a sort of glam cupcake attached to an ant. You know, the sorts of things where it's like, you know, uh, a, uh, a, a like a multicolored cupcake that clearly like the $5 is cupcakes. yeah not designed <laughs> to taste good, right? It's designed to look good. And this was called Instabug. So funny. Because of course Instagram. And it's the only uh it's the only bug in the game that even notices when you get your camera out. So its behavior is that it likes cameras. It's mm-hmm. the it's like it's the only bug in the game that even notices that you have your camera, but like it plays with that when you I just I thought that was incredibly the funny. It won't come out unless you are shooting unless it. Unless you're taking photos of it. I loved that. It was so funny. Um so like there's so many bug snacks in every single one of them is like a clever little joke in and of itself and sometimes they have behaviors that are another layer of the joke and i i just i just thought they were so creative and so funny and there were little things about that too that like about the design like obviously the bug snacks like one of the key visual designs is like it's a piece of food with googly eyes on it which is literally never not funny but like there would be moments in this game where you'd find like like a lab where somebody had been experimenting on bug snacks and there's a box full of eyes, (laughs) full of the googly eyes. I was like, oh my God. uh, You can also look, speaking of experiments, there's a part where you see a bunch of jars and they've got bug snacks with no eyes, which are just what we know is fruit, but they look so terrifying because we know they're supposed to have eyes. It's so bizarre. there's There's just so much like, there there was so much care put into the like little moments with the bug snacks and between the characters and the, just the overall design. It's just so funny constantly. You're at a party and the juice is um, just the pickle jar one with pickles floating in it upside down. <laughs> As if you're just draining the juice out of the pickled bug 
which is gross sure. if you think about it. That thing's which alive. Really, it's just pickle water. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also, there's a part where there's ghost stories being told around the campfire. And if you turn around, you can actually see things running around in the background. Mm. <laughs> like just little things like that that make me feel like this game had a lot of care, had a lot of thought. Um, and, and just makes it so much funnier. Also, all of the all of the bug snacks have great names. Like they really put a lot of a lot of the times the they're trying to like combine the name of the food and the name of a, a bug or animal uh, to like create a kind of a, a fun portmanteau. And some of the best ones are like that, but other times they just have sort of like a cute name. But like some of these names were just amazing. Like I think my favorite was the pinantula, oh, a, a pineapple that is also a tarantula. Um, but I really, I also really, really liked the praying picantis it was a a praying mantis that is a uh made out of tacos um can you think of any others that you liked like what are the what are the really good names so i was very um the paletas i thought was a very funny because paleta is the mex it's the mexican um uh popsicles are paletas oh no i forgot about that one popsicles that stick together and are covered in like orange dust like the the spicy mm. things and it, it's a the pellet toss because it will take the um stick and it will knock you into the air mm-hmm. so i thought that was a very good pun um and the paletas grande um the other one that i like liked a lot was the um flap jackarack it just like sounded cool and the variations were sometimes, you know, there's sometimes some pretty basic like color swap variations, but sometimes they were really cleverly done. Uh, my favorite of that. So like sometimes that would be things like, uh, you know, like there's there's a bug that's like a, a bunch of citrus fruit cut into little, um, you know, uh, wedges. And it's like, well, there's one that's an orange and there's one that's a lime, that kind of thing. Um, but there's there's one that I really liked called the weenie worm, which is just a hot dog that inchworms around. Um, and later in the game, uh, you find the shy weenie worm which is a Chicago-style hot dog. Made me so... Well, I think they're a Chicago team, so I love that they made a Chicago hot dog. I loved it. And and they're, uh, and the behavior was very funny, too, because, like, uh, the uh, the main uh, bug snack, the, the main um, uh, weenie worm loves ketchup, but the shy weenie worm hates ketchup. And you have to figure that out to, uh, to trap it. I, I loved that so much. Yeah, that the shy weenie worm, the Chicago hot dog, mm-hmm. will run away from ketchup. I just... It's so good. Honestly, though, got to say my favorite is the snackery. It's just a daiquiri. I, I loved that, too. It's, it's like it's barely even a bug. <laughs> it reminded me so much. So as I, I'm a huge, I'm you know, big baseball fan. And the snackery reminded me so much of my Hawaii Fridays have a, a, a player called Juice Collins. <laughs> and Juice Collins, uh, according to the uh, the lore of the Hawaii Fridays, is a sentient uh, tiki beverage. Yeah, can't wait for baseball to come back. Me anyway. too. So I think that that's all I wanted to say before the spoiler break. This yes. is going to be a very interesting spoiler discussion. But I will say that um, if you have heard that the I will say the ending is dark, especially. But I would not play the ending around kids. And I will say that if you are really enjoying the hangout on the island and catch animals or catch bugs, and if that's what tone you want, you don't have to do the ending. I will say it is a big tonal shift and there is a clear point of no return. So you don't have to worry 
about uh, once you pass a point, they will tell you that's the point of no return. So you are totally fine to keep hanging out and doing whatever you want up until that point. Um, I will just say that like you might have heard that this game does have a stark contrast in the ending. It does. Um, it doesn't have rape or murder in it. It's not like that kind of a thing. Yeah, it's not that... <laughs> I'd say, like, like I was saying earlier, I think this is sort of like Cartoon Network dark. So, without without mm-hmm. spoiling anything up up top, I'll say that like I was expecting something. You know, I first of all, I'd seen I'd seen some of the articles that said things like bug, you know, Bug Snacks ending is some wild shit, and this is like the headline of an article about the game, right? Um, so it's not a huge secret that the the ending feels like a little bit of a swerve, but it's also not incredibly heavily foreshadowed right it's very foreshadowed like i was i one of the things that i really liked about the ending and before we get into talking about the details of it but like is that it um this game early on feels like it's it's raising a lot of questions like that what i said earlier about like you know oh my god like what's the deal with this like people's limbs turning into snack foods and and why are they okay with this it, it seems really body horror-ish and uh and like just the, the the sort of weirdness of the of the even within a world populated by like basically muppet characters there's some weird stuff happening on this island all these ruins like weird archaeological paintings and on some level with the with the level of just sort of like goofiness of this game, you kind of think like, well, that's just this is just the uncommented upon weirdness of the game, right? Like this is just how it is. But like some of those questions that have been being raised for you throughout the entire game pay off in interesting ways. Um and it 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 does feel like it's pretty heavily foreshadowed, but it's also just sort of like an uh, it, it's it's more payoff than I was expecting. Uh so I give it props for that. Uh, it, so yes, it's a little bit of a swerve in terms of tone. And when people say it's dark, eh, it's dark-ish. I think, you know, my kid, so I, I played this uh, with my two-year-old in my lap for a significant chunk of it. She was yeah. kind of bored by really all of the dialogue, but she's two. Um, but she was very, very entertained by uh, the, uh, you know, the catching of the strabbies, for example. Like The when, sounds those bugs make are fantastic. Yeah, she she loved it. But I don't think she would have appreciated or enjoyed the ending and may have been scared by it. It, it, it. There's definitely some moments in it that are like, you know, meant to meant to sort of be like cutesy, snackified uh, echoes of horror movie-esque kind of stuff, monstery stuff. And I believe that any critic who said that it was a complete swerve wasn't reading the dialogue <laughs> possibly yeah because it because the there's that darkness from the very beginning in the character's dialogue or you know in, in in it's just it's not out in the open exactly so one tip i want to give before we do spoiler break and that is um if you want to get the really fun endings to some people's side quests there are a lot of side quests in the game and i just want to give a quick hint if you really want to like do the most fun ones make sure you do cromdo snorpty wiggle and chandelo to the end wow i finished all and i think all of them are like fun to different extents but those have really fun endings that i'm going to talk about in the spoiler break so uh write those down if you want to have the most like epic 
of those quests, those four will get you the really fun payoffs. Yeah. And I actually didn't play very many of the side quests. Um, and uh, so just to for some contrast, like Laura, I think, spent over 10 hours with the game, um, mm-hmm. whereas I spent just barely over six. Um, so I didn't actually hit most of the side quest content. Uh, and it is totally optional. There's like the main quest and you can get through it and get to the big ending. And if you want, then you can kind of reset back to the save that it makes just before that big ending and, and do that side quest stuff. Um, so, you know, Keep in mind, if you're playing to just sort of get through it quickly, like I kind of was, uh, about six hours, if you're doing everything, probably 10 to 12. Yeah, and I will say that um, I believe that side quests are also insurance against some of the alternate endings. I'll leave it there. But if you are really interested in not having any possibility of alternate endings, you have to do the side quests. I didn't know that, and the game doesn't tell you that. Just want to lay that out there if that's something you definitely want to avoid. Yeah, I'm really curious. So I haven't done a lot of research about like the possible endings yet. So I'm curious to hear from Laura, like what that means. So looking forward to our spoiler break. Before we do the spoiler break, uh, standard outro stuff here. If you're sticking with us and want to hear that spoiler break content, thank you for joining us. And if you're dropping here, uh, also thank you for for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, Go play the game and and come back and listen to the spoiler stuff later if you want. Uh, I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on the internet at at Reagan K on Twitter. Uh, and you can find our show on the web at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find our contact form to get in touch with us or let us know games that you think we ought to be playing. Uh, of course, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash theshortgame. And that is also the best way to get in touch with us because every one of our patrons, whether you're at a dollar a month or up, uh, gets instant access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show, uh, talk about other stuff that's making us happy. Uh, we plan things. We uh, we hang out there. It's a good place to be on the web. So if you wanna uh, if you wanna join us there, dollar a month on the Discord gets you in instantly. Uh, and it's a very happy community. Everyone's great. Yes, very much appreciate it. Uh, and uh, of course, you can find us uh, our show on Twitter at uh, underscore short game. Uh, and Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And here it is, your spoiler break. Who boy. Okay, so I want to hear more from you about the side quest before we get into the endings, because I didn't really do much of those at all. So tell me me more about them. Yeah, so uh, real quick to lay the groundwork, um, the side quests are all uh, in the journal. There's one kind of layered side quest per character um some of them that you get meet later have shorter ones than some at the beginning but basically everyone has a series of tasks did you complete any of them or did you just like play as you like so i kind of just played as i like i think i completed one of them but i don't remember which so i might not even have completed any of them i i pretty much was like beelining for the ending because i wanted to make sure i'd heard the ending was interesting and i wanted to make sure i had you know completed played the ending before we got to the to the episode. So no, I, I can't guarantee you that I finished any of them. Yeah. So all of them have, you know, some of them just kind of are Phoebe, these bug snacks. And then like, I have a character realization about like how I need to change my life or maybe I don't. Um, but the four I mentioned, Cromdo, Snorpty, Wiggle and Chandlo all end in really good boss fights. <laughs> awesome. I don't yes, think I played are... any of these boss fights, so please give me some info, and I want to go back so, and play these. 
Um, so if you finish Wiggle, uh, that was the first one I did. Uh, you go fight the Mega Maki on boiling the Boiling Bay, and the Mega Maki is a flying uh, sushi dragon roll that flies around and will shoot row at you, and you have to use your um, a trip wire to knock it down in the air. And when it shoot, tr- breaks into bits, it's kind of like the sandwich guy and that you have to go get all the mega maki and it will continue reforming until you collect all of the m- little sushi pieces from around the bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Chandlo, uh, you go into the flavor falls and you go to that room behind the waterfall and it turns out there's a giant mama watermelon in it. And I, I will say one really good thing is if you accidentally clip into the mama watermelon, you get um, inside of her is red with uh, seeds. So like That's accidentally awesome. clipping near her is a really nice payoff. Um, you, the mama watermelon has little baby watermelon seeds, little watermelon balls. And you have to – when you trap them, she will run and you have to drop stuff on her. So like that's super fun. Um, Chanlo – uh, that you know is going there because he wants to eat big bugs to feel buff. So, um, good on you, Chandler. I fed you a watermelon. Um, I'll say though, my favorite was Cromdo because you there's this area that's the sands and the beach, and it's like ancient Egypt themed. And there's all these like or Mesopotamia, and there's all these ancient temples. And you go up to the top. There's like a sarcophagi you can't open, and you go to the top, and there's this pizza thing, and you don't know what to do with it. Cromdo's the end of of all people. Cromdo's thing hmm. is you summon the pizza, that pizza moth that's been running around. Oh, the Mothra Supreme. Mm-hmm. You can figure out how to summon it and get the ancient sculptures to become pizza cutters, and like you get these little pizza pocket bombs. And there's a sarcophagi. It is extremely complex <laughs> and just awesome. Um, but my favorite is uh, when uh, Cromdo, so nope, Snorpty, mm-hmm. Snorpty the conspiracy theorist, leads you up and you have a birthday cake fight Ooh. where you're lighting birthday cake candles on this daddy long legs on fire. <laughs> and when you light all the birthday cake candles, the cake explodes into pieces of cake. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All of the boss fights are incredibly satisfying. Um, and... There's no cluing which ones are which, which is why before the spoiler break, I wanted to say those four. I mean, the other ones all have like character story payoffs. You get to find out what happened. You know, you do more research on what happened to Triffany's grandma. You go uh, investigate for Bifica. You you find out what everybody does after midnight and everyone has funny secrets. <laughs> like, like Bifica's are always spy on someone at midnight mm-hmm. um, or feed me snack bags. But um, I was just really excited that um, the first one I did was Wiggle, and I had no idea. Like, you know, Triffany's are all, here's an ancient place with ruins. Go find me this Easter egg and also feed me a book. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did like the first step or two of almost all of them, but I don't think I played any of their of their quest lines all the way to the end. So that's something for me to go back and do. They're not that long. So I think they're all like four or five steps and it's very easy to do one, two or three. But at some point I just was like, how long are these? Um, I looked at the list of all of them. I was like, oh, these are, I'm not too far off the end of these. So I figured 
I got some free time this week. Let's go. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, you know, speaking of, we didn't mention this at the top or at any point during the episode. Uh, so I'm sorry, this is in the spoiler break. It might belong better earlier, but uh, this was this is out on the uh, Epic Game Store for PC and Mac, I think, and also on PlayStation 4 and 5. And part of the reason that we didn't play this when it first came out was that I thought it was a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Me too. I, which it isn't. It's out on PS4 as well. And I I, I found out at some point that it was on uh, on PC, uh, but it, I, I thought it was, I still thought it was just on PlayStation 5. I didn't know there had also been a PS4 version. I think because they it was a PlayStation 5 launch game, they marketed yeah. pretty heavily like, hey, play this on PlayStation 5 and it's free for PlayStation, uh, you know, plus subscribers on PlayStation 5 or was. Um and so they were pushing that so hard, like, hey, play this on PlayStation 5, that I kind of assumed it was just PlayStation 5. And then when I finally booted this up, I was like, uh, oh, I you know, I was kind I of expecting like it, fur physics like, or something. <laughs> I was like, none of us can play this, so I guess I won't push it. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, well. So. Endings. Uh, endings. The other thing I wanted to mention that I, I teed up was, so there's this moment at the ghost stories where they're like someone comes to town and writes no more bug snacks and stuff. And I was convinced at that point that Agabelle had been eating so many bug snacks in her depression, trying to get cool that she had turned into a monster. Mm. I was convinced Agabelle was a monster who had turned horrible because she ate too many bug snacks and maybe turned into a bug snack. And now she was terrorizing the town and Lisbeth, Lisbert had not come back because she was trying to hunt down Egabelle. That was what I was like. And then I show up and I find Egabelle and she's normal. And I was like, huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of thought the same thing now that you mentioned it. Like, I, I was like, I was pretty sure because like oh, they, they show there's there's one of those journal entries where she's like, uh, where Lisbert says to Egabelle that she's eating too many bug snacks. And I was like, yeah. we're going to find Egabelle and she's going to be like made out of 100% cake or something. Yeah. She's been working with Floofty, the horrible mad scientist, and has like egg. She has two cinnamon buns, like Princess Leia on the side of her head. She has so many different bug snacks on her. And I was like, something happened. She pushed over the edge. That's when the earthquake happened. And it's because she transformed into a bug snacks monster. And if everyone keeps eating bug snacks, they will too turn into bug snacks monsters. And that was that was my bet. Turns out I was 60% right. <laughs> it got a little weirder than that, actually. Uh, yeah, I was more normal. I want to know, uh, so maybe, maybe I can share the ending that I got with you and then you yes. can tell me where yours diverged because uh, you did other stuff. Um, yeah. So you get to, obviously you find... Uh, once you finally get up to the peak, uh, you find Agabelle. She's been up there trying to get into the sort of like sealed room at the top of the mountain in order to rescue uh, uh, Elizabeth. And they, uh, she's been up there so long that she's, you know, uh, she's learned, she's become more powerful. She's learned to survive in this frozen wilderness up there. And then you, you, you finally, you know, at, through, after a bunch of ups and downs, you, you finally get into the, the, you know, the, the final area is that you get into that, I guess, temple or whatever, but you immediately fall through the floor and into the under snack, the sort of underbelly of the Island where you find Elizabeth. She's been transformed into 
what's been sort of uh, mentioned previously as the bug snack queen, I think. She's an amalgam of the four bosses, which I didn't know if you could see that. I didn't. Okay. She probably, she she might have looked, I assume she looked the same. But uh, Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense me, based on what you were describing. Yeah, like, so I she I could see she was all snack, right? But I didn't understand, because I didn't see those bosses that, that didn't, didn't hit for me. Um, but yeah, she's this sort of like, uh, I guess sort of like queen alien kind of vibe to her. She's like this massive hulking creature with a long neck that ends in uh, in her, in Elizabeth's body made out of like, I don't know, sushi rice or something. Yeah, she's got like sushi dragon roll necks. Mm-hmm. And then she's got the like Mothra um, pizza wings. And she's got the legs of the birthday cake, Daddy Long Legs. And um, then like the body of the watermelon. It's like, it's really weird looking. Mm-hmm. And also she's in this temple surrounded by like sort of worshipful, worshipful yeah bug snacks so like i guess the implication is like she fell down here and fought and ate enough bug snacks that she became the largest bug snack basically it's even weirder they like forced themselves down oh right i forgot she mentioned that gross yeah which is and so i guess the thing that that like people were saying is the like big twist here um is that she explains that bug snacks that all the bug snacks on the on the island are essentially kind of one giant organism and that it's essentially a parasite that that gets into your body and makes you want to eat more bug snacks you know messes with your mind maybe self add self-doubt unclear unclear sort of sort of messes with your mind and makes you want to eat more bug snacks and stay on the island forever um and that they'll also the whole island is essentially kind of made of bug snacks. When you get down into the the basement here, it's like all the walls are made out of nothing but snacks. It's actually really cool looking. Um, But uh, that sort of twists the whole game where previously it's been, you know, like everybody's just happy-go-lucky eating bug snacks. And once you escape this this underground with, uh, uh, with, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, The main blue guy philbo Philbo. uh once you guys escape and get back to town you know it's like don't eat any more bug snacks they're controlling your mind and now it's about like the bug snacks are coming for you uh they want to to force yeah the bug snacks want to force themselves down your throat and uh and you know make you part of their of them right and uh elizabeth is like just barely holding them back um but you know they're 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 breaking free from her control and they're they're coming for you and the the final act of the game Kind of twists all of the uh, all of the trapping mechanics into combat mechanics. So you are trying to like go through these various different little segments of the game where you are uh, f- trying to save each of the uh, grumps on the way out. You know, you're trying to defend them from attacking bug snacks, uh, and uh, you use your various tools in new ways. So, for example, the the simple uh, like uh, uh, sort of net trap has become kind of like a spinning blades trap that shreds strabbies instead of trapping them um, and you use each of your you know your uh, tools in a new way in a sort of a more actiony uh, kind of combat kind of context to prevent like waves of bug snacks from getting to your friends as you're trying to rescue them on your way out um, and I'm pretty sure that the ending changes depending on how many of them you rescue so for me one of the grumps died on the way out. It was, um, oh, what's his name? The salesman guy um, with the C. Cromdo? Cromdo. Cromdo died. And it was actually a kind of a, a I, I, 
I don't want to say I wish they all had died, but I want to see what their deaths look like because Cromdos was very interesting. Uh, I've seen a screenshot of Ithaca's, which was horrifying. So what what happened to Cromdo? Well, Cromdo, like, you know, enough bug snacks forced themselves down his throat while he was standing there helping me defend, uh, um, yeah, I think it was Chandlo uh, that was with him at the time. And uh, he sort of turns around. He's become, like, completely snackified. Oh, Bethica, he's yeah. made out of entirely uh, entirely snacks. And he's like, I forget even what he said, but he had some sort of like megalomaniacal, like they clearly got into his brain and and like had made him uh, more of what he was, more of his bad self, right? So he's something like, you know, now I'll take over all of the bug snacks and make all the money and, you know, whatever. And then finally he just sort of explodes into snack foods and falls to the floor as a bunch of separate food items. Uh, and it was, it was actually a really cool moment. I thought it was really creepy. And uh, I was like, uh, that particular um, like mini game there, where I was trying to defend him, was the hardest of them. All the rest of them were a little easier, and so I was able to save everybody else. And then we just get off the island. There's a little scene on a beach where you kind of talk to each one, and they sort of say, "Hey, I guess we're going to go on with our lives." And uh, the final moment of the game for me was going back to the editor that sent you on this assignment uh, with Philbo, uh, um, Philbo, uh, and he's desnackified. Uh, and uh, sort of telling her that, well, they, you know, she came and saved us from the island from a, a you know a volcano eruption, uh, but there were no bug snacks. The bug snacks were all a lie. Uh, don't don't go to that island. It's very boring. No one wants to go there. Uh, there were no bug snacks. They're not real. To try to you but know should call it boring island. <laughs> yeah, take the secret to your grave. Kind of kind of setup, um, and that's the ending. Ah, so there's a couple things that so if you finish, I didn't learn this till afterwards, but each. Uh, arc you finish protects your person from getting uh, from dying in the end game. Uh, okay. So each if you finish each bunch of side quests that so I was bad at the games but my people were able to like through the power of I don't know mental health were like able to kind of beat them back so like nobody ate bug snacks in any of my battle games. Mm-hmm. No, no one ate, and no bug snacks went down anybody's throat. Um, side note, I did look up Bifika's um, thing, and if she, she says, there's no point in going back with them. I don't have a life of friends. Nobody I can really trust anyway. But bug snacks, I can trust you to be delicious. <laughs> so, like, so, like, all of these bad endings seem really dark. I never saw any of these i thought like oh cool it's great that they've put these trading wheels on these mini games that if you're bad at them like your friends will help you fight back didn't realize it's because i had finished the side quest so regardless of me being very bad and i did say there was one crash so i had to restart but um didn't make a difference because i done all the side quests it was bad everyone got on the boat um Everyone sailed off in the hot air balloon apparently all of my dialogue choices on the island where people were like it's okay. Like, we are, like, great and going to start a new life. Like, everyone was really positive. Mm. They're like, some bad stuff happened. We think Liz Burt and Egabel will see it through because they have a strong relationship. Like, everyone was really optimistic. Get on the boat, you know, go back with Philbo. Same thing about the denial. He decides to run for mayor. <laughs> um, he's like, so he becomes the mayor. And then during the credit sequence, you get pictures of everybody having really good lives. Mm. And like Cromdo is 
is singing karaoke and like Bifika is talking on the phone to a friend and like Shelda has a book that's called like something like I was I was right but I was pretty wrong about it or something like that. Um and at the end of the credits the good ending you get a little piece of extra dialogue which is a phone call between the editor of your newspaper and a mysterious voice that's like either they're idiots or they're covering up the truth like either way um like they've decided to keep the secret and then they talk in latin (laughs) did you get this at all no no i didn't get that at all um so so then they say in latin at the end of the call tu quid edas Omne vivum ex bug snacks. <laughs> okay. Which apparently translates to you are what you eat and all life from bug snacks. So it's implied that the editor might be part of the Grumpinati and like maybe they're like trying to keep it secret and that's why she didn't want you to go into the island in the first place. And so this call ends and then a strabby comes out of your boat and gets on the beach. So it's implied that you've accidentally colonized your city with a bug snack. I kind of love that the good ending ends with like a conspiratorial conversation and like potential doom. collapse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the good ending has environmental collapse in it. Yeah, I, I honestly, playing those end games, I was like, how nice of them to protect all your people from these these bugs because it feels dangerous but i know that if i keep screwing up it's okay and apparently everyone else was having players die left and right that's pretty cool actually like i i I didn't have that hard of a time with the uh with those those mini games but now i kind of wish i'd had a harder time because like i i appreciated the sort of darkness of this to an extent and and like I kind of would have liked to see more of it. I I don't think I'm going to play through it again and like, you know, uh put in, intentionally uh throw those mini games uh just to see all the characters die, but I'm definitely going to YouTube it because I'm very curious. I think what what sticks out to me about this though is like I really loved that this game was like willing to go for it in terms of like the like being being willing to like take these this very silly premise and like look at the inherent like clearly they didn't start with like a hmm how can we make a dark thing right they started with cute bug snacks right and then they kind of worked their way backwards and like well there are some troubling implications here do we gloss over them maybe initially but then they they kind of go for the uh hmm, like they, they 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 take that like inherent or sort of implied darkness of this uh of this world they've created and they like grapple with it in a real way that like adds to the experience and i thought it was really really neat so i i had i had such a i really i really enjoyed the ending even if it wasn't like i didn't get a quote-unquote good ending i kind of liked the one that i got and i thought it was great and i'm really happy i got the happy protected ending because if you play all the side quests you really get to know the characters and so i feel like it would have been much worse if they had died having spent so much time trying to help them with their problems like they you know if you bring people through arcs there's a payoff and that's protection i think that's fair um i'm not sure what the bad ending does for the game it turns it into horror for me 
Like the fact that your characters can die. Mm -hmm. But I guess I played the game because considering I played through all their quests, like I played the game as almost a character journey. So having them randomly die at the end would have felt really anticlimactic. I guess so. Had I not spent, you know, but I spent an extra four hours with the characters. So I was more attached to them. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I was interested in on the ending is people who said they didn't see it coming. Like, maybe you didn't see specifically, like, violent minigames coming. But yeah. to me, the fact that the island, that there was a dark side and a bad thing to eating bug snacks was there the whole time. This specific is much more creative and much more over the top and much weirder than I was expecting. But yeah, the main, the main thing that did surprise me quite a lot was the visuals of the ending. The, like, sticky snack hole of the under snack and the like uh like over the top like aliens meets food vibe of like the the you know what elizabeth had become under there the, the like hideous creature that she had turned into that was all like legit surprising and but not in like a like distressing way it just like put a smile on my face i was like mm, they're going here this is really weird i love it oh did you do the any of the floofty side quests? Because that was also super body horror. Uh, no, no, she's the she's the scientist who wanted to like. She is the. Scientist. Yeah. Okay. So no, I did. I skipped hers entirely. So her first scientist thing is she's like, I need you to cut my head off, and I'm like, I think that's crazy. You shouldn't cut your head off, and she's like, Okay, cool. Well, I can do smaller experiments if you get me some volunteers. And no one, of course, wants to volunteer. And then she's like, okay, cool. Completely transform me. And you realize that every time you feed a different uh, bug snacks to somebody, they get a different body part unlocked that you can fill. Mm. So you keep giving her different types and eventually you can fill her body. And she completely, like, her whole body is transformed to bug snacks. And she thinks... This is how you regenerate limbs. So she cut her own leg off and so that you could put a bug snack there and it would fill in and fill the stump in. And she's like, bug snacks can regenerate limbs. This is going to save humanity. But she only can experiment on herself. (laughs) So you fill her up and she's like, make sure it's delicious just in case I die during my experiment. (laughs) And then she goes and lays down in that hut, that, that like weird gazebo that's not used mm, okay. in the, the town. She goes to that area, lays down, and has this like giant, like James Bond style saw, like the huge like saws that they used. To, and she's going to cut her head off. And it starts falling. And then her brother rolls up and is like, stop it. <laughs> like, just because no one's paying attention to your experiments doesn't mean you have to die. And she's like, I want to see if my head regenerates. And he's like, we can't lose you. I'll read some peer review journals. Like, I'll do whatever you need. But like, stop experimenting on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I still kind of want to know what would have happened if he- she'd cut her head off. Yeah. And so <laughs> she, the rest of the time is completely, for me, I thought you had to turn her into one Bug snacks, so I completely filled her up with flutter jams. She's just like a toast woman, like completely. And so at the end of the game, like I think if she'd eaten one more, it's like she would have died. 
Mm. But it's like you can come back, like you you get full up and then you eat one more bug and then you're dead. Mm -hmm. So like I filled her in. Had I fed her another bug, I might have killed her. You know, that might also account for why I had an easier time during the... um, uh, Because I, apart from the, like, apart from like places where it required me to feed bug snacks to the characters, I mostly For the main plot, yeah. Right. I I, I didn't feed them that much. So, like, a lot of the characters had, like, a couple of bug snack legs, but no other limbs. Um, And so that may have given me some extra leeway in those mini games. Like, they weren't fully snackified. Yeah. Yeah, because if you get people, I think probably the most dangerous place to be is if you do 75% of the side quests and then you go to the end game mm. because then your people have like five or six bugs on them, but you're not protected. That's a, so, Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 that hadn't occurred to me until just now. It's a really odd design choice to me, like that you have to feed them as part of it, but mm-hmm. it's it's putting them at risk until you finish their storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it seems to work though. It's like, I think don't think this is a... Yeah. Anyway, I, I had I had a ton of fun with this one. I'm really glad that we played it for the show. And I'm so glad to see a new game from Young Horses after such a very long time. I still love Octodad. I've played it at least twice through and I have an Octodad plush like right here on my desk attached to my lamp. And I I, I loved Bug Snacks probably just as much as Octodad. I I actually have to say that like I know this the song. Everyone says this one's catchy. I don't think it holds a candle to Octodad, nobody suspects a thing, the theme from Octodad. And I think the, the developers knew that because they put the song right on the intro. When you boot up Octodad, it immediately plays the song. Whereas this one, it plays the song by Caro Caro Bonito on the end credits. Um, so I think they were I think they I think they knew. I think they knew they, they had a good song, but it wasn't as good as the original Octodad song. Oh, but this song has become a super meme. But the thing is the song is a spoiler. And the song is totally <laughs> off from the game because the song literally says like, "Come to the island, it's bug snacks." <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's like subtle enough that like I don't think unless you were like looking back on it, you real would, wouldn't realize that's a spoiler. Which makes it so much fun in the credits. It really and is. Honestly, their their marketing team has put that song so far and wide that like I think it does. It's fine that. It, it doesn't show up till the end. I I did. I really really like that. And like Caro Caro Bonito is a Wiggle good. Sorry, was going to write the song. You said who? I thought that the end of Wiggle's quest was going to be that she oh. writes the Bugsnack song. Well, her whole and her so, whole uh, musical vibe is pretty different from Caro Caro Bonito. Uh, agreed, but she does sing a song to get the dragon Maki to come out, and that is a that is a decision. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was a weird one. I, 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 ah, fun game. I'm glad that we played it. Um, any, any last thoughts to leave us on before we, uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, I will say that if I never have to get another Scoopy banana, oh, the Scoopy Banoopy banana, Scoopy Banoopy, I had to catch like two of them for side quests, and oh my god, those ones are really hard. I, I, I mostly just got like kicked around by the Scoopy Banoopy. Yeah, you can't, you have to collect them whole. You can't have them break into bits. Oh. It's very difficult. <laughs> that sounds hard, yeah. There's a lot of those that like, like the, the ones that freeze were kind of hard for me to figure out. Because um, like you, you'd try to, you'd try to, sometimes you'd like, the easiest thing would be to have like a, a flaming one hit them or like, you know, shoot a flame ball at them. But often that would catch them on fire, which was its own problem. 
Yeah, the tripwire conducts flame and water. Oh. And I couldn't figure that out for a long time until I put a tripwire. You have to solve a quest for uh, uh, Snoop D that you have to light a bunch of beacons in town. And so you put the tripwire on and shoot it to the other beacon. And I was like, oh, it conducts fire. I can now catch like 30 different animals. Mm. Yeah, that so. I didn't I didn't don't think I ever learned that. So I, I, I'm actually really looking forward to going back and doing the side quests because I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I like puzzles. So. Yeah, and, and these are like the sort of like, they're not like logic puzzles exactly. They're just sort of very situational, like, uh, you know, uh, they're 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 puzzle e, but they're they're not abstract. They're very like they're just very and because everything is sort of like real time physics enabled, um, it kind of reminds me. This is a not a good comparison, but I'm gonna make it anyway. It kind of reminds me of like how Breath of the Wild has puzzles, but like sometimes you can cheese them by just using the physics system in weird ways. Yeah, uh, and you know, it, sometimes you can just stand in the middle of a bunch of bugs and have them all bum rush you and set you on fire. You run, let yourself the flames get put out, and you run back in and soup them all up. Yeah, yeah, like because everything has this sort of like real time physics enabled chaos to it. Like you know, sometimes uh, unintended consequences are good and and interesting, and and I really liked that about it. And you can learn more about gastro entomology. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, if you stuck it out to the end of the, uh, the spoiler break, thanks for listening. And we hope you catch us next week on another episode of The Short Game. Oh,